Welcome to the podcast, Love, Transform, Restore. Back with season three, this is your host, Charles Prince. I stand before the crowd, listening for my name. They shall be crucified, this man is who to blame. Knowing what I deserve, they free me from my chains. I turn to see his wretched face. I did not know it was his grace. It's you free me from the chains. It's you took away my pain. And now I call upon your Thank you all again for tuning in and back again with season three. Um, I hope everyone had a good past two weeks considering all that's going on with the COVID-19 and slowly of everything that's opening back up. Um, I don't know how it is in the state that you are listening in, but here in Colorado, when to a degree pretty blessed and being able to have numerous things open up. Um, Colorado had given our county, the state of Colorado had given our county permission for churches to meet of 50 or less per meeting, which though it's not perfect, I think that's really doable because this gives a way for churches to break up um, meetings into two or three separate meetings, which for us at the Lyman Church of Christ, we are, we range about roughly from the high 30s to the low to mid 40s so our total membership wise and attendance wise fits within that realm so pretty much we are running at full capacity and really thankful for uh, Colorado and for the state and recognizing the importance of churches and the importance of our worship services and what they mean which we continue to worship under quarantine and then this past month of may we've done very limited number and trying to get things back to normal but also staying within the uh the 10 person or less limit and trying to get things back going and so we are really thankful that we have the opportunity to be at more regular numbers and more regular time that we are at now so really thankful for that and today we're going to talk about something that I get asked quite a bit. And this is not in relation to the questions that we did at the end of last season. Um, this is a question I get asked as far as being a preacher's concern. I get asked a lot, what is the purpose of preaching? Like, what is its overall goal? Why preach? Um, for some, they assume that it's for the money, in which this is not to say that um, money doesn't play a part in it because we need money. I mean, we need a good amount of money to be able to um, eat, be able to provide for our families, provide the necessities that we need in our life, and things for our wants to help us unwind uh, for the recreation that we have. So this is not to say that money is not important. However, for most preachers, 
it is not about the money. Most preachers don't get paid a lot, despite what you see on TV with televangelists and the so-called prosperity gospel preachers. A number of preachers do not get a lot of money. So money usually is not a motivator to why many preach. Um, we preach because this is God's way of proclaiming the gospel, the grace, and his mercy to the world. Preaching bears a tremendous responsibility. Preaching does bear responsibility because there is so much that goes into preaching. First, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 20 to 25. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 20 to 25. 1 Corinthians 1, 20 to 25. Where is the one who was wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the de debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased, through, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly or foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, for the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Um, numerous times, and I have mentioned this on the, this podcast before, I believe, talked about how the Jews uh, was a stumbling block to them as far as the Messiah um, establishing a spiritual kingdom, not a physical one, not an earthly one that they are used to in the Old Testament. Foolishness to the Gentiles because the idea of a deity giving his life for his subjects is one thing that just absolutely they could not comprehend. Because as I mentioned before, that it is common for the, those subjects to give their lives for the deity, not the other way around. I've always used that in expressing this passage, but one thing I want to point out in this passage that I believe is very crucial to understanding why God chose preaching is the fact that people look at preaching and looking at the message of God as foolishness, the foolishness of preaching, the folly of preaching. What's foolish about preaching? If you think about it from a perspective, from a humankind perspective, mankind perspective, one thing that you'll realize about preaching is that it bears not only responsibility, but you might ask yourself, why did God choose this specifically? You know, what's intriguing is this is during the time when miracles was still able to be done and able to be conducted and realizing what they had, you notice there's a lot of emphasis on preaching. Despite the fact they did these signs and they did these miracles to bring those to Christ to help and establish what they are saying in the word and what they are saying, what they are preaching, rather, it gives you indication that God has a lot of respect and a lot of um, pride and, you know, and a lot of seriousness taken into preaching. You know, this is not to say that preachers are above others. I'm not trying to say that by no means. Um, those of us who have, uh, who are preaching, those of us who have responded to the call for the need to preach the word of God to many, it is something that most of us should take seriously. I know there are some that don't, and there are some that think of it nothing more than just a paycheck that they're getting. 
And unfortunately, there are those that fall in that category. But even for those that fall into that category, they still have a responsibility to proclaim the word of God. I mean, Paul even said himself that even for those whose intentions that he questions of whether or not of if they are doing this for the right purpose, he says that they at a minimum should still preach the true and the pure gospel of Christ. And so you think about that because we, and I reason why I think it's interesting it's called foolishness here because we as man, mankind, we would think God would choose something else, maybe continue to let the miracles go on and let that be the main source of how people can understand and see the power of God. And this tells us that God puts a lot of emphasis on preaching and that being the primary way in which one hears the gospel of Christ. Not the only way. There's a lot of emphasis, as we've mentioned in previous podcasts, Matthew 28, 19, 20, and Mark 16, 15, and 16, of going into the world, of members themselves going into the world and preaching the gospel and teaching the gospel, regardless whether it's through the platform of the pulpit, platform of the podcast like I'm doing here, or platform of just living our lives, or just talking to our neighbor and just talking simply about what the Word of God has to say. So... There's a lot that goes into looking at preaching because, like I said, the Holy Spirit calls it the foolishness of preaching. And this is not to say that preaching is foolishness, but to mankind, it would be foolishness. Let me give you an example. Before I became a preacher, matter of fact, before I even became an adult when I was younger, do you know what was the one part of the service, of the worship service, that I was like, uh, it's here, but I'm not exactly sure if I'm really looking forward to it is the preaching the preaching was always the thing where i was like ah we get to hear the preacher great and not to say that the preachers were bad and not say that i didn't you know that i never listened i did listen quite a bit but there's times where i ask myself when is this going to be over how much does he have to say and as i got older especially as i became a preacher i started to realize that i should have took more seriously what was going on here because when it comes to preaching, or we have the responsibility to ensure that what we say, not just on Sunday, but throughout the week, what we do, not just on Sunday, but throughout the week, reflects the character and the attitude of God. And that's not an easy thing because with that being said, you know, a lot more scrutiny is put on us. And I know a lot of preachers who the stress gets to them so much that they have no idea how to handle the stress that they get so overwhelmed with everything that's happened that they don't know how to handle. They uh, pretty much just end up just breaking down or getting out of preaching. And unfortunately there are some who committed suicide because the pressure is so high on us and preachers should not be the only ones held to that standard not to say that we should make everyone feel that same pressure but everyone should be held to the standard of living righteously seeking the kingdom of god first and his righteousness first as we see in matthew 6 33 that responsibility should be on all so preaching is a very important thing and not only looking at first corinthians 1 20 and 25 as we have i want us to turn also to matthew chapter 27 Matthew chapter 27, and we'll look at verses 39 and 40. Matthew 27, 39 and 40. And those who passed by derided him, 
wagging their heads, and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. And they were taunting Jesus when he was on the cross to bring himself down from the cross if he truly is who he said he is. And man's wisdom would have been, he should have done that. That would have convinced them. But here's the thing. No, it wouldn't have. Because Jesus and his disciples have been preaching for a number of months trying to get people to turn to Christ, to turn to God and see what it is that the scriptures are teaching and they have refused. These same individuals had seen Jesus done and conduct miracles and do all of these great wonders and signs, yet they still did not believe. So what would one more action done? It wouldn't have done anything because what does that tell us? God knows that it was not going to be this that would convince them, but it would be the preaching of the word. And not because of the preachers themselves, but what they are saying is what is going to convict the hearts of individuals. If you don't think words are powerful, I want to use some examples in history. Um, one example that I strongly can think of right off the bat that words have played a very powerful role is in Germany. There, um, prior to World War II, um, when Hitler was slowly making his way to power, you know, his speeches, his fire, fiery speeches, and yes, his mannerisms and his passion and his speeches did convince a lot of the German population that the Jews were at fault and those that were considered undesirables were um, the ones at fault for what for why Germany lost the Great War, which was called at that time before it was World War One, why they had lost the war, why their economy has gone down and the Treaty of Versailles and all these things had taken place. And yes, all of those things about Hitler's uh, personality and characteristics did play a role, but those words had an effect. Why? Because they were hungry to hear something to have an explanation, explanation to why is it that they are in a state of disarray now. And so with that in mind, we know words are very powerful. It convinced the whole German state. And this is not to say everyone in Germany believed it or not everyone in Germany, you know, fell in line. We hear and see stories of people that resisted the Nazis and everything. But as a whole, we see that words played a powerful role here. And that was just to motivate a people to allow and accept a evil that would be coming that was already coming that came and that would intensify with the concentration camps and whatnot. And just to think, if people can be motivated to do the wrong thing, how much more could they be motivated to do the right thing? How much more can they be motivated when they hear great news that a savior had died for them? They had he was crucified on for their behalf. And so in keeping that in mind, we have such an amazing thing that we, an amazing responsibility to have to preach the gospel, to proclaim the gospel of Christ. And not only in realizing that in, uh, realizing that in, in Matthew 20, uh, 27, 39 to 40, that that action Jesus knew and God, the father knew that that action would not convince them. And Acts chapter two, we see that um, what they said, what they claimed was going to happen if they saw Jesus bring himself down from the cross, you know, claim of them saying, oh, we'll believe this actually took place in Acts chapter 2. Now, 
I don't we don't know how many of those as far as in the um, authority positions was there on the day of Pentecost. We don't know how many of them had converted, if any did. However, we do know that it they were pricked to the heart, not by seeing the crucifixion themselves, but realizing what they did with the crucifixion. Thus, preaching is not foolish to God, though it might be foolish to man. And I want to look at um, 2 Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2. This was a verse that we used in preaching school. Kind of like a, it was pretty much our verse motto, our, our main key verse the school's charter is based on, uh, the charter of the school is based on as far as what their goal and their mission is. And uh, 2 Timothy 4 and verse 2, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. And it's very important that we realize that preaching does play a role. And why does it play a role? Not only because that's what God chose, but as we continue looking at verse 3 and following, we'll see that there was something much more um, going on that we needed to realize. Starting at verse 3, continuing in chapter 4 of 2 Timothy, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, to do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. And it's important that we preach. We proclaim the gospel of Christ because people need to know what it is that God wants them to know. And it's very important that they know because if they do not, how else will they know? Uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ as we see in Romans ten seventeen. So in which that whole passage before verse 17 talks about how God chose preaching and Holy Spirit proclaiming through Paul about how beautiful are the feet of those who preach and so and to carry that gospel of Christ throughout the world and so God really loves preachers he loves preaching because they are proclaiming his word now this is not to say and put preachers on such a pedestal to say that no one else should do anything that everyone else should you know everything else will be fine no one else has to do nothing if I'm not a preacher I'm good no we must realize that the Great Commission that we referenced in Matthew and Mark earlier in this podcast is reference to all of us. It's important for all of us to follow. It is crucial that we follow those things because if we do not, preaching does play a role. But as uh, we realize, too, that preaching and the term preaching there means to proclaim, to declare. And yes, not all of us can preach from the pulpit, but all of us can declare the gospel of Christ either through words or through actions, and that's something that's responsible for all of us. And so we must realize that God expects this responsibility of declaring that gospel to everyone, to the world, is on all of us. And yet pulpit preachers, we have that same role, but we play but we have that role differently and as far as standing in the pulpit and living our lives and constantly trying to bring people to Christ, which we should do the same. We should always be striving to bring people to Christ. And so in First Corinthians chapter one, verses twenty to twenty five, we see that God calls preaching foolish. You know, the foolishness of preaching. Not because it's foolish to him, but it's foolish to man. Because of all the things that could be done, why choose preaching? We see a lot of false teachers today that will claim to try 
to well, try to claim that they can do miracles, that they can, uh, you know, if or if your life isn't blessed in a certain way, you're not having enough faith, as some of the prosperity gospel preachers will say. They will try to say, I'm going to stop calling prosperity gospel preachers, but um, preachers who preach the prosperity gospel might be better. And, um, you know, if you don't have enough faith, that's the reason why you're struggling. That's why you don't have this stuff. That's why you don't have all of these things, because you're struggling in your faith and not realizing that, well, one, faith is generated by hearing the word of God, as we've referenced in Romans 10, 17, but not only generating that faith through hearing and in reading the word of God, but also in realizing that we cannot use earthly things to measure what God has done for us. Um, many times, and we've done this and we've been guilty of this, we have counted the, the, the success of gospel meetings, which if you're not familiar with a gospel meeting, um, I know I have some on this channel that or not this channel, but some on this that listen to this podcast and are not 100% familiar with what a gospel meeting is. But gospel meeting traditionally in the churches of Christ, what we would do is that we would get a guest speaker and they would come and speak for almost a week. Um, usually go from Sunday to Thursday or Sunday to Wednesday. And in some cases, which is being become have become more popular over the years is weekend gospel meetings where they'll hold a meeting Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Now, back in the day um, when it was more feasible, some of these gospel meetings would go two or three weeks. So this is uh, so they've shortened over the years, but the purpose of these gospel meetings were to bring people to Christ and also let people see um, not only what the gospel was proclaiming, but to hear that precious great news that Christ had came to save them and that he has given us a way to come to him. And the reason I bring those up, because a lot of times it's become habit to judge the success of those meetings based on how many people come down to the front, how many people come down and asking for prayers for forgiveness or asking to be baptized and how many have been baptized. We base all our success on those actors, but we don't realize that that is not the factor we need to count on. Those factors are great, but if we count those factors only as seeing what is a successful meeting, then we are acting human. We are acting like, you know, mankind, because we are solely based on what we see to count as someone who has been touched by the gospel. People could have reacted in ways that we will never see. You know, that's the reason why I don't like counting success based on how many people come down, because someone might have heard a sermon. I might have heard a sermon and it might touch me and say, you know what? I'm in the wrong. I need to repent. They don't have to necessarily come down and say that they're doing that because that's ultimately between them and God. So we don't know how many people are touched by the gospel of Christ. And that's the reason why I strongly believe God chose preaching because preaching allows both for public and private change of our lives. And so we need to keep that in mind and just keep your preachers in mind because they put a lot of work in preparing sermons week after week. And I'm not trying to say this to to, to um, toot my own horn or anything, but preachers 
put a lot of work into sermons, to the Bible classes, and not just the Bible classes you see or you come to on Sundays and Wednesdays, but they put a lot of work into the Bible classes they hold privately. And maybe and sometimes the Bible classes they're teaching to new Christians or to non-Christians. So we need to keep them in mind all the great things that they are indeed doing. This is an admonition to preachers and Again, not trying to sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but this is just something to keep in mind for your local preacher. Be sure to pay attention to those lessons, because not only do we need to pay attention to those lessons because we need to be uplifted, but as we see, as we just saw at the last passage we looked at, at first, uh, Second Timothy uh, chapter 4, and we looked at verses 3 through 5, and we looked at how um, people was going to be leaving the truth. And this was a constant thing. It just wasn't one big time period that this would happen, but constantly people were leaving. They wanted something that, that pleased them. They were they had itching ears. They wanted someone to fulfill the passions or uh, confirm or approve of their lifestyle instead of saying they need to change for God. So it's important for us to listen. So we do ensure that what we are hearing is something that we can read in scripture and that it is something that is approved of God as we see in 2 Timothy 3 16 and 17 and also in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15 those passages talking about studying and understanding the purpose of the word of God and being able to rightly handle the word of God so which means that Yes, preachers have a tremendous responsibility, but the hearers have an even more greater responsibility because they have to test. They, we have to be like the Bereans that we read about in Acts who were constantly trying to find what, um, what they uh, heard was scriptural, and we commend them for that. But we need to do the same because we cannot blindly just accept something just because a preacher said it. Um, I'd rather be corrected. And I'd rather be told that something's not right or something is of concern than for blissful ignorance to just constantly hear, oh, great sermon, brother, great sermon. And don't get me wrong. For those that say that, I'm not getting on to them because I know a lot of people that tell me that. I know they sincerely and genuinely mean it. But I'm talking about those individuals that I've seen that I might have seen publicly that they might need some things changed. And I might address a topic and the very next Sunday to come, no change in the behavior, but they'll just say, great sermon, great sermon, and just act like I didn't say anything at all. And so it's very important for the hearer to realize that we have a responsibility to understand and to follow along and to delve deep into the lessons that our preachers across um, across the church are bringing. But just wanted to do a lesson on that and just give you an idea of why God chose preaching. And we could have gone more in depth, but I just wanted us to realize the importance of preaching and proclaiming that gospel to the world. Well, I'm glad all of you joined in as we started season three. We'll be uh, doing this once a week. So um, back to the once a week schedule. So we'll be back next Tuesday and hopefully... Um, continue hope you hope that you all would continue to spread the word either through sharing this on social media or just telling talking to someone face to face what whichever however way you want to just continue to spread the word and you all have a good rest of the day and to god be the glory Send me.
Savior. 